Finding your way to a balanced way of living is the key to health and happiness. Each week on Choosing the Balanced Life with Diabetes, you'll hear tips and tools for a happier and healthier life. Here's your host, Anita Westlake. In today's episode, I would like to talk about women and women's health issues. Besides being a diabetic, I'm a woman, and everything in my life is not just about diabetes. It's a hat I have to wear, but along with just general health, I I also have to be in mind that I'm a woman, and certain things about being a woman affect diabetes differently than how they would affect a man living with diabetes. So today here to talk about women's health issues is Dr. Carolyn Dean. She's a medical doctor and a nutrition expert, and she's written a book called The Complete Natural Guide to Women's Health. Hi, Dr. Dean. (laughs) Hi, Anita. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me again. Yes, and you've been on the show before, and we talked a lot about magnesium, and wow, that was just a fantastic episode. Um, I learned so much about salt and the importance of salt and magnesium in the diet. Uh, It was empowering. Oh, that's wonderful. And and uh, magnesium is important in, in this conversation we're having today, but you can just direct your people back to that first interview so that we can go on to all kinds of other topics. Absolutely. So we did cover in December of 2014, we had a wonderful episode where we talked about the importance of minerals in our diet and how we are really lacking salt for the most part, good salt, sea salt, and along with a tremendous lack of magnesium and all the wonderful things that magnesium can help us with. Very good. It was uh, it was very empowering. I really enjoyed that conversation. I really took a lot away from our interview at that time. I thought that was you were a great guest, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. So here we are. We're going to talk about um, women's health and um, nutrition and some of the things that, as women, come up and we struggle with. And the first thing that comes to mind that you and I had discussed. Um, before this interview, was that women really do, and we forget, we really do go to the doctors more than men. Yes, yes, it's something that just kind of slips slips by, but when you think about it, we're going for well, the birth control pill when we're young, probably, and then when we get pregnant, and then for all the, the checkups during pregnancy, and then to bring the, the baby in for the well baby checkups, and on and on and on, and what what's happened in in the way the healthcare works these days? If you're in there and you mention something to the doctor about yourself, even though you're in there for one of your children, then the doctor will quite often, you know, give you a couple of minutes so that they can bill you for the appointment, and and you can walk away with a prescription. So, women really are taking a lot more medications than men, I think. And I think it's the medications that can get us into into uh, one aspect of the the symptoms and and some of the troubles that we suffer. And you know, the the first one is we can get magnesium deficiency because um, every drug has side effects, and the the side effects um, tend to be cardiovascular. So I equate um, drug intake with um, with taking 
medicine that then the body has to break down and it has to use magnesium in order to break down the medicine. And, you know, I don't know if that's too complicated or if you want want to talk more about that, but um, women who go, um, go to doctors more often than men end up on medication. So because we're going there more often, that's inevitable is what you're saying, is if something's wrong, they're writing a script, take this medication, mm-hmm. off you go. And of course, having broken it down the body, we are using the magnesium and then we're lacking it. So it's getting used up. And we did touch on that on the previous episode, how that can be a terrible cycle mm-hmm. um, and how we, we should really be paying attention to our magnesium and taking you know more of it. And you had suggested with some of your websites um, on how you can get a better form of magnesium because magnesium does have a side effect from what I understand of loose bowels. Yes, if yes. If it's not uh, absorbed, right? If it's not absorbed right. fully into the cell. Right, and and you took away from that, and and I know you you suggested uh, and recommended and gave gifts of Epsom salts and sea salts for people to uh, take in their baths because that's kind of a, a safe, non-laxative way to get magnesium. But yes, uh, some of the forms of magnesium um, they do have the laxative effect. That does not mean it's a side effect or that you're sensitive or allergic to it. It just means that's what it's doing to your body. And um, what I probably mentioned in the December episode was that I've worked on a a form of magnesium called Remag that's 100% absorbed at the cellular level. So I'm able to get therapeutic levels of magnesium with no laxative effect. And just to kind of wrap up the December um, interview as well, one of the signs of diabetes is magnesium deficiency. So there's something that's occurring with uh, diabetes that causes magnesium levels to be low in the body. And tell me if we we talked about this, Anita, because um, what I wrote in, in the latest edition of my Magnesium Miracle book is that sugar causes magnesium deficiency partly because 28 molecules of magnesium are required to metabolize one molecule of sucrose, table sugar, but 56 molecules are required to metabolize one molecule of fructose. So that's why in, in, in um, a diet for, um, for diabetes, you have to be aware of uh, eating too much fruit or drinking fruit-sweetened sodas or drinking fruit juice. Well, because they elevate the sugar that much quicker. If you eat it, it's 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 taking the body obviously in a different manner. And mm-hmm. although it can work mm-hmm. quickly, not as quickly as juice. And it's funny. My last episode, I actually discussed my discussed my frustration with beverages, because mm. you know people say all the time, "Oh, but juice is so healthy," or they'll offer me juice, thinking, "Well, this is so healthy, Anita. Why wouldn't you have something healthy? You you always eat healthy. I see you're so conscious about this, and you work out." Juicing's great, and it's always fruit juice. It's not juicing, let's say, in cucumber or something and, and spinach. It's juice. And so I tell them, yeah, maybe a, you know, maybe a couple of te- tablespoons, and I'm really being accurate here, a couple of tablespoons and eight ounces of, let's say, Perrier or some mineral water is my mm. pop because otherwise it's raising my blood sugar, and I'm not wanting to necessarily count you know, that simple beverage 
into my mm -hmm. meal or into a sugar count. So yes, uh, these fact, fast acting sugars, although they're coming from a more responsible, um, mm. you know, choice, aren't necessarily your friend. Yes, there's yes. so many hats, and this is what I think. This is so important with this um, the conversation we're having today. You know, you're wearing a hat as a diabetic, as a, an individual that wants to stay healthy, and then as a woman, mm -hmm. and you know, juggling these balls can get complicated. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Very good. You know, and it is complicated. I, I mean, I really try hard. It's funny. I uh, I just gave up caffeine at the end of November, and I talk about this now. I'm sharing, you know, all my my little mm -hmm. vice, my vice, actually my vice, not my vices, and caffeine was one of them. And the reason I think I really uh, drank, started off drinking a lot of tea and coffee was because it was sugar-free, and it had flavor, and it was something different than water. But mm -hmm. then I started to associate it with things, right? I, I associate it with my morning start, with driving in the car, then it was something warm to hold. Then it just became a go-to beverage when I was out because it was easy because I knew I'd take very little milk to no milk. So mm -hmm. I didn't have the sugar issue, but yet I was getting a flavor. And of course, people would, you know, we use this term, meet me for coffee, let's have a tea, would you like a hot beverage? And on and on it would go, even to the point where it was a replacement, inevitably, for hot chocolate because hot chocolate has lots of uh, sugar in it. And I would make low-sugar versions, but again, you know, coffee, tea is easy. People have it anywhere I go. I was pretty much, it was a go-to sugar-free beverage. And traveling, it was so easy. On a plane, so easy. So, Well, let me, you know, um, let me tell you what caffeine means to women's health. Oh, please do, because I gave it up. I need that. You know, tell me how wonderful I am Reinforcement. <laughs> yeah. I'll reinforce you here. Um, so caffeine is a diuretic, and, and it will pull out magnesium. And when, when you take a diuretic like that, too, you will create cellular dehydration. And um, as we were saying in the first episode, you need, your, uh, re uh, you need your minerals, and I was going to say like my remag, but you need um, magnesium and sea salt and, and electrolyte-type minerals uh, to get inside the cells. They'll pull the water in after them, and then the cells will work properly. So if you're taking a diuretic-type beverage regularly, you're becoming dehydrated. Caffeine, uh, people will take it, and women especially, I find, because they're just so exhausted. They're doing everything these days. Women are usually, you have a job, you're taking care of kids, you have to take care of your, your spouse as well, usually. So you, you're not getting enough sleep, most likely. And when you wake up in the morning, you use caffeine to wake you up. So it, it's become a drug in that sense. But what it will do um, is cover up the fact that your thyroid may be we weakening. Especially if you've had uh, one or more children, the thyroid can start to, to r run down a little bit. And the thyroid also gets run down, and, and the thyroid is, um, most people will know it, it's a, it's a gland in your neck on either side of, of your esophagus, you know, just uh, below your jaw and above your clavicles. Uh, you can actually sometimes feel it there if it gets a little enlarged, but the thyroid is meant to 
um, create the metabolic rate in your body. It, it's um, it's your temperature. It's your uh, energy. It actually helps your immune system and and many many other things. And when the thyroid what about weight? Because I hear people with the thyroid uh, issue struggle with their weight. Yeah, very good point. Because if your metabolism is slow, then you'll gain weight, and um, you're you're gaining weight. You're not sleeping. Your hands and feet are cold because your temperature's a little um, little under the ninety eight point six. And what I've um, t- what I talk about with a thyroid is um, don't wait for the thyroid to get weak enough that you you need thyroid replacement because that's the treatment for low thyroid. Even in the natural medicine community, you wait for your thyroid to be, you know, quite weakened, and then you give hormone replacement therapy. But what I know from my mineral research is that the thyroid requires nine minerals. And um, the minerals, of course, include iodine. Everybody knows about iodine in the thyroid, and some people think that, well, I just have to take some iodine and my thyroid will be fine, but there's much more involved. The, the thyroid requires selenium, for example. Um, that helps transition the, T, the inactive T4 thyroid hormone to T3, the active hormone. And it goes on from there where the the, the minerals include zinc, the magnesium, of course, is in there, some copper, manganese. And actually what you can do is send your people to um, one of my websites for a free book on, on these minerals. It's under the rnareset.com Can you say uh, that again? Website. Because it, it is confusing, like really confusing. When you just said all that, I thought, wow, okay, selenium I take in with my vitamin E when I take vitamin E. So I, I mm. got that. The iodine, I was totally unaware of. Um, and mm. all these properties, there's got to be like something a little less complicated on what we can do to support our thyroid. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying exactly. This, the, the book that I've written called Invisible Minerals Part 2 is about my, um, my electrolyte minerals uh, called Relite. They're... 12 minerals in Relight, and nine of them are important for the thyroid. And yes, if, if you tried to, you know, purchase nine bottles of minerals, you, you'd have a heck of a time trying to get the balance right. You'd be a mad um, scientist in the kitchen trying to figure all this out. It'd just be yeah. so overwhelming. And, and I'm, I'm very sure that's why even natural medicine doctors haven't gotten into the, this as much as I have because um, uh, if you're looking at nine minerals, how do you balance them? And what I've come across is a way of making the minerals so that they're completely absorbed at the cellular level and so you only have to use low-dose minerals and you don't get the side effects. I'm sure in December we talked about how um, calcium was over-prescribed for so many decades where women were taking thousands of milligrams of it and most of it was not even absorbed. We did we so, did touch on that, which was fascinating. And yes. so it's really marrying um, these minerals. Or, or uh, When you're looking at the big picture, just don't focus on one thing like calcium because, again, it was overdone. It wasn't even being mm-hmm. absorbed. 
And then you think, oh, well, I, I do all this and, and why am I, you know, having these issues with my bones or, or whatever the case may be. It's because mm-hmm. it's not being put together properly, presented in the body in the way it should be. Right. I think in, um, in medicine, so little has been studied about minerals that they just think, oh, well, you need, uh, you need copper or you need chromium, you need selenium. Okay, well, just, here, take this pill without looking at uh, the different types of minerals and their absorption. With minerals, you, you um, how can I say it? This is, this is the way minerals were first studied, Anita. They were studied uh, in foods, so they were natural. They were the way that the, the, the plants uh, absorbed the minerals into the plant root system. And in order to get a mineral into a plant root, the tiny little hair roots of a plant, they're actually picometer in diameter. So the only minerals that you'll get into a plant are picometer size. It's like the roots are size dependent. So in the soil, the the worms and the, the rain and the you know, all the environmental conditions would grind the minerals down to the size that the plants wanted because in the body, it's the picometer size that the, the body cells can absorb. So that's why plant minerals are the most important, but this is precisely what we don't get because the minerals are so deficient in the soil now. With the, all the the, the uh, sprays and the, um, mm-hmm. you know, that we're hopefully banning. Well, I don't think that's ever going to happen because what will happen as soon as they ban something um, over here, uh, they'll allow it in a third world country and then they'll import all the, the vegetables from, from another country. So, okay, having said that, you offer... Um, a mineral, a mineral base. Is it a powder? No, it's a liquid. It is a liquid. liquid. So Mm -hmm. how do we get this liquid? And and does it do more than just support our thyroid? Uh, Well, you know, I don't want to make this program about my products. And I I, I do know that, but people would, mm -hmm. like I want to know. So I'm sure others do. Okay, thank you, Anita. Um, It's called Relight, R-E-L-Y-T-E. And it's at my website, R-N-A Reset, R-E-S-E-T dot com. Or you can go to my Dr. Carolyn Dean website and, and click on, you know, I have a Relight bottle there and a Remag bottle. And what, I, what we started out is I was saying under the FAQs or the information link, I have a couple of free booklets one on magnesium, I think it's 116 pages, and one on um, the Relight Minerals, 59 pages. And it's just astounding what these minerals do. So, you know, we have the boron for the bones, and it's also good for the thyroid, um, the zinc for the immune system, and for the skin, hair, and nails. And every mineral has dozens of... Um, of things that it does, and I've I've laid them all out, and it it's not too complicated a book, but 
I've just laid out what all the minerals do, and because they're in an, an absorbable, accessible form, they work. I Personally, I used to take um, Armour Thyroid 60 milligrams. I've taken it for a couple of years, but two months into uh, taking my own Relight when I was in a year of testing it, uh, two months into taking it, I, I felt like I didn't need my thyroid hormone anymore. I felt my pulse was a little uh, uh, elevated. I felt a little uh, hyperactive. I felt a little warmer. So those are the signs of um, of the thyroid being stirred up or being overactive. So I thought, okay, I don't need my thyroid. Now, in my book, I warn people to you know wean off their thyroid after they feel those symptoms, but I just stopped mine, and, and I've been fine ever since without my thyroid. So what I'm saying is that instead of waiting for the thyroid to get uh, so low that you need hormone replacement, then uh, take your minerals to make sure that your thyroid stays strong. And uh, there's hardly anyone else um, talking about the nine, no one else talking about the nine minerals for the thyroid, actually. Um, even in alternative medicine, the doctors just say, well, we'll give you natural thyroid hormone, like the armor thyroid or or the Westroy or something like that. But the bottom line is that if you're not if you're deficient in those nine minerals, then it's causing all kinds of other um, clinical or sub subclinical symptoms in the body. Chromium, for example, which is in relight, is very important for the thyro- uh, for the pancreas and for insulin and um, actually for um, uh, sugar cravings. It um, it keeps you from having sugar cravings. And what is uh, so, this again? I haven't actually uh, I I haven't really heard a lot about this. So how does it help? It would name the mineral again. I'm sorry, I missed that. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, it, it's chromium. Chromium, uh, and this yeah, helps the pancreas in in what way? Well, let me say it this way, and I'll look at my um, give you from my book. Um, Chromium is what's in um, brewer's yeast. Um, they call it the glucose tolerance factor. Okay. And when they isolated it, they found that it was in brewer's yeast, this glucose tolerance factor was really chromium for the most part. And it enhances insulin activity, regulating insulin action and its effects on carbohydrates protein and lipid metabolism. Now, what they say about um, diabetes is that uh, diabetics need more chromium because they excrete two to four times more chromium with their excess urination. And uh, chromium deficiency can affect uh, uh, you with low blood sugar as well. So So it helps stable uh, them so they don't go too high or too low. It just gives you a little more power. Exactly. So there's a, and you know, I have to keep saying this, Anita, that in medical school we didn't learn anything about these minerals. So that you 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 won't hear any of this from your doctors. They they keep studying, um, you know, better ways to give you insulin and pumps and you know all the 
technology for diabetes, but they never they'll never go back to the to the the basics about the minerals. But the minerals are absolutely necessary for the structure and function of the whole body. Um, so I also have a note. Can you take too Don't much miss. of this? Can you like so? Okay, now I'm going to go to your website and I'm going to purchase some of this. Is there? <laughs> should we have um, a blood test done before? I mean, we should always consult our doctor, and that I would always say: let your doctor know you're trying something different. Uh, you're mm-hmm. going to try some minerals. Uh, you know, consult your doctor. Keep them in the know. Put it that way. Now, upon taking these. Do you need a blood test to kind of measure where you're at, or is this something that the body absorbs what they need, it needs and it discards what it doesn't? Yes, um, that's what the body will do with these types of minerals. If you take the, the Relight bottle to your doctor, they'll look at the label and look at the amounts. The amounts are very, very low and very safe amounts of, of these minerals. And... Uh, you'll never get an excess and never get a side effect. And and what the body will do is just take in what it needs into the cells. And if it doesn't need any more, it'll just get, you know, you'll urinate it out. But um, there's never any problem like we talked about with these, the high calcium dosages, for example. So, yes, this is, you don't... Um, you don't need to get a blood test like we talked about with uh, the magnesium. I tell people to get a blood test for that because I want them to take uh, high doses of magnesium. And the, the magnesium blood test is uh, magnesium RBC, which stands for red blood cells. And if you read my um, Invisible Minerals Part 1 book at the rnareset.com website, uh, it'll talk about how you can even order your own blood test. With, um, if your doctor says, well, we don't have that, then you can order it online for $49. But with the other minerals, the low potencies that I'm talking about in the Relight, you're never going to get a overdose of them. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. So, because so often you hear this, how this is good for you, or if you're a woman, take that, and then... Then there's the other article that says if you take too much of these mm-hmm. supplements, this could happen to you. And it's kind of very confusing and all over the map. You know, they rave about it. It's really confusing yeah. as a woman. They, they And you're feeding your family too. And not only are we trying to take care of ourselves, but we think, oh, is that good for our you know, significant other? Is this mm-hmm. safe for our children? And all of a sudden, soy is coming out of the cupboards like there's no tomorrow. And then you read something else saying, oh, stop that because maybe the source mm-hmm. of it's not good or too much of it's not good. or And it's mm-hmm. all confusing. Mm-hmm. And again, it's because it's... Um, Doctors um, don't know about minerals, so it's not something that you hear about ever at a doctor's office, and usually that's where we, we get our health education. I don't, know, I don't think they have uh, even health uh, as a topic in high schools anymore. So you really have to educate yourself, and, uh, and I know it is very confusing, and, and that's why you have this show, Anita, so you can bring some um, sanity to this very complex world and it is complex and and as i said at the beginning uh maybe i didn't emphasize it enough but in we wear different hats 
And mm-hmm. one of the hats I wear is I'm a diabetic, a type one diabetic. And another one, obviously I'm a woman who wants to stay healthy. And we all have things that come up in our lives that we're, you know, as women that we want to be on and take care of or be wary of. And as a diabetic, that just adds to it. And as a busy person with children, I'm a single mom, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have, I work at all of that. Mm-hmm. You just, you're just, uh, where do I start? What do I do? What makes sense? What's actually easy to embrace that I'm not chasing stuff all the time. Every magazine I open up, there's something. There's something new all the time. Do, don't, all the time. Well, you know, I must applaud you for um, for taking this leap with the caffeine because uh, the next uh, thing that I was going to mention about caffeine, what it does is it, it really does drain your adrenal glands. When you take the um, coffee and get that hit of caffeine, it will kind of speed up your metabolism, you know, uh, Instead of your thyroid doing it naturally, it speeds up your metabolism a little bit. Uh, some people say it helps them have their morning bowel movement. It also kicks in your adrenal glands and, and kicks out a little bit of adrenaline. And people uh, sometimes are even aware that when they drink too much coffee, they can get heart palpitations. So that's something that's becoming more and more common and there's many reasons for it. A heart palpitation is um, caused when uh, one of the extra normal pacemakers in the heart gets a little uh, spasm around it. And of course, I'm going to, spasms are caused by magnesium deficiency. And uh, in the heart is the highest amount of magnesium in the whole body. So if you're magnesium deficient, uh, which can happen when you're on caffeine, <laughs> then the, the heart will go into a little spasm and can cause this arrhythmia. And, you know, I, I probably said it in December, but I'll repeat it that in 2012, I received an award from the Heart Rhythm Society for my medical contribution to cardiac rhythm management. So some organizations are recognizing the need for magnesium. So what happens with the adrenal glands is, is they get overworked with um, being pushed by uh, caffeine, being pushed by stress, and what they're missing is uh, magnesium and sodium. And that's where we have the discussion in December where sea salt or Himalayan salt in your drinking waters is absolutely vital for the stress proper type of sodium for your adrenal glands and people will say what about table salt well I mean that's like a drug because it's just uh, sodium chloride whereas sea salt has 72 different minerals they're very low potency for the most part it's there is um, more sodium than anything else but they are going to provide you with some minerals because What's happened with our water intake is we're, for the most part, drinking very purified water to get the the chemicals out and to try to get the chlorine and fluorides out, but it takes out the minerals as well. So that's why I really promote putting sea salt in the water, and and that's all. It was a low dose, though. I mean, you were talking really low doses. Can we say the ratios again? Because I'm actually doing it. But let's, t- let's say them well, again. 
the water intake is you you weigh yourself in pounds and take half your body weight and uh, make that in ounces of water. So if you're 200 pounds, that's 100 ounces of water a day. And then each uh, quart of water you drink, you put um, a eight to a quarter teaspoon of water, of, of uh, sea salt or yeah, Himalayan right. salt into the water. Right. Yeah, a quarter teaspoon is what I do. Um, and with the... Um, Adding that up, I mean, you may get near a teaspoon a day, which is like the recommended uh, daily allowance. And it really helps, as I said earlier, to promote cellular hydration, and it gets the minerals into the cells and to help uh, the cells do all their metabolic function. So I've given up caffeine. Now, I've never... Uh... Oh, for years and years and years, I can't tell you how long it's been, you know, I can't even put a number to the amount of years that I do not shake the salt. I just don't use it. Now, I do use some sea salt, Himalayan salt, actually, uh, now and again in cooking. But I really don't use a lot of salt in cooking, rather herbs. Um, I keep that fairly low. So for someone like me, I don't think the salt would really, um, I I probably need it by the sounds of it, right, for absorption of other things. Now, what about someone who's a heavy salt shaker? Because I have family members that are heavy salt shakers. I mean, they salt, sorry guys, I'm going to tell everybody, they salt Caesar salad. They salt everything. Mm -hmm. And they're shaking it. It's almost like they know they're deficient and they're trying. Think of the stories where you hear about animals traveling hundreds of miles to get to a salt lick to lick the salt, and that would be a, a type of sea salt. So it's like they know they need it. So you just start telling them, well, you change the sea salt, and then you'll, you won't be so addicted because your sea salt will, will uh, satisfy you. So this could help an addiction because maybe that's what it is. They say the body's addicted to sugar, salt, fat, right? So mm-hmm. maybe this is an addiction, but mm-hmm. rather they, you know, if they switched over to sea salt, this could kind of help even things out, do you think? Oh, yeah, that would supply their body with, with what it thinks it needs. You could say that about uh, you know, people getting overweight or uh, seemingly addicted to food where they, they just keep, uh, they can't stop eating or the, they don't know when to stop eating. Well, maybe it's partly that the body is kind of sampling the food and trying to look for nutrients and and when you eat empty calories with no nutrients and the body keeps saying, well, give me more food. I have to get my minerals, you know, uh, give me more food. And whereas if you, a lot of people will say if you start doing green juicing and eating vegetables and, you know, more like the paleo diet with, with uh, protein and vegetables, that you lose your craving for sugar and carbs and um, your weight balances out because you're getting more nutrients, especially if you're taking um, things like my Remag and Relight, then you really don't go searching for, for more and more empty calories. Well, I have to say that uh, when I, sw- I got off the caffeine, I needed something. I just wanted something different, and I needed something warm to replace it. It wasn't even, it was the whole association with the warm drink and when I drank it and what I did when I drank it and the fact that it didn't have the sugar. That was huge, gigantic for me. So Mm -hmm. I just had the episode where 
I switched to a goji drink. It's called Goji Chino. It's a goji drink, and it's primarily goji. And it has the flavor or the association in your mind of coffee with a little bit of a cocoa. That's how it appears to me. And it's a food product, and it's dense with goji berries. So I would ha- I had one, a large one, and I had some unsweetened almond milk with it. And I was just telling the owner, the, the um, woman who developed this product, that I didn't go cup to cup. So in other words, I didn't have 20 cups of this. I'd have mm. one in a day. And that really held me over. I was so amazed on how much less fluid I am drinking, but better fluid. So I have mm. that. I might have some herbal tea, not much, but I might have some herbal tea. And then it's water. And I'm I'm astounded on the amounts of liquid, how much less I have, but quality far better. So I'm not even as thirsty. So I guess what was happening is I was drying myself out and I would be thirsty. And I just had an ongoing cup of tea or coffee all day long until I worked out. And then I would have water when I worked out. But what really brought it home for me was I saw a woman that um, I see at the gym drinking a coffee while she was working out on the treadmill. And I thought, I am not going there. (laughs) That was this, you know, oddly enough for me, I mean, I watch what I eat, you know, I buy organic sources. I try to grow my own vegetables. I'm thinking of putting a few fruit trees in in the back. And I would love Mm -hmm. to ask your advice on what would be the, you know, best thing for my buck. It's because it's maintenance. And I do all these things. And I thought that'll be there'll be no way I'm drinking coffee and I'm working out. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> well, look what how you described it so well. You you you're thirsty, so you take something wet, the coffee. But it's a diuretic, so it dries you out and it makes you more thirsty. You drink more coffee, and you were only having water when you exercise. So that's um, a set up for, for being toxic and, and so many other things. So are you getting close to half your body weight in ounces of water now? You know, half my body weight, boy, we're saying this on, on the podcast, but, um, so (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to tell me, you don't have to say that. No, you know, non-disclosure here. It's not the end of the world. So I'm 110 pounds. Mm -hmm. So that's, wow, that's a lot of water. I don't know that I'm drinking 55 ounces. I am drinking a lot. So, you know, maybe I'm pretty close because I am looking at the glass I have with me and I would, it's not at eight, it's minimum eight. I'd say it's closer to 10 ounces Mm. and I'll drink about, oh, four to five of those a day. Okay. And and that's that's at home. Then I have the gym. So does the gym mean that when you're working out, you have to drink that much more because I drink about three water bottles at the gym. Wow. Yes, it does in a, in a way, Anita, but you have to put, make sure you put the salt in that water because at the gym, you know, you're sweating out your minerals, so you want to replace the water and the minerals at the gym. We have so many episodes now of, of these athletes just dropping dead, and it can be from a cardiac arrest because they're missing their minerals, mostly magnesium, or, you know, when LeBron James was taken taken out of the game, the first game in the NBA Finals this, this year, was it, or last year, he, um, he was taken out for cramps, muscle cramps, and that's a magnesium deficiency, but what did they treat him with? Um, about six or eight big jugs of Gatorade, 
Sugar, sugar, sugar. Yeah, I added it up, and you're getting about 60 teaspoons of sugar. So I'd like to you know, see a study on how many of these athletes end up as diabetics. Because in your bloodstream at any one time, you only have about two teaspoons of sugar. So when 10, 12 teaspoons hits you when you drink a soda or Gatorade, your body goes into an absolute panic. Well, there's so, so many, I hear this so often, and again, it's one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves is sugar and beverages. Meaning we're, you know, it's so hard to find something. And besides water, we all know water is good for us, but we should be adding salt to it, as you said. So no matter what, we should be, you know, we want something added to, let's say, water or a beverage. We want some taste. We want some difference. Um, you know, it gets boring. But it's sugar-based through the roof. So Gatorade, I wouldn't touch. But even down to a tea that was decaf, that was another struggle for me. I went, to, I thought, oh, I'm going to take the lemon gingers and this wonderful, I'm going to have lemon ginger, Anita, your life will get better and you will give up the caffeine. I was always trying, you know, I would go for periods of time. This is the longest period, by the way, so I'm, I'm heading to success and I'm really not turning back, but it would always be sugar-based. So I'd have some, you know, oh, let's brew it and it's going to gel well, he, and oh, it's and lovely. That's what happened with the corn, um, what is it, the high fructose corn? sweeteners remember that whole fad of course yeah yeah i do actually right if you can get a hold of the well the high fructose corn sweeteners they started overtaking the whole pop and soda industry and uh that's fructose so they would say it's fruit sugar so it's safer but if you remember what i said earlier that uh, it takes 28 molecules of magnesium to break down one molecule of sucrose, but it takes 56 to break down one molecule of fructose. So fructose is actually harder to digest. It, it takes more energy from the liver. And um, you should try to interview or, or re- reference uh, a Dr. Lustig, L-U-S-T-I-G, He's a pediatric endocrinologist who um, in one YouTube he has, there are 5 million views on it, and it's called Sugar, the Bitter Truth. And uh, it says that he explores the damage caused by sugary foods. And he argues that fructose and not enough fiber appear to be cornerstones of the obesity epidemic to their effects on insulin. And I'm sure in other places he talks about diabetes. So yes, it's um, we're we're led around by our our sweet taste buds by the industry, the food industry that wants to sell us products. And they're either they they've got too much salt, too much fat, or too much sugar. That the, well, they you know what we're the body uh, craves, right? And that's yeah. something that works. It's like crack. Yeah. Sugar, yeah. salt, well, you know. what what about stevia? Have you had any success with stevia or sweetened um, flavored stevias? Now, I have to brag a little bit, and I will mm-hmm. tell you that I have, uh, you know, coconut sugars. I do have stevia. I have all kinds, and I will, I've been experimenting with them, but uh, for the most part, I haven't got heavily into stevia yet, and I'm bragging because, for the most part, I just don't use a lot of them. I've really, oh, yeah. really... Yeah try to keep it um, back. 
And, you know, I like sweet things, but I'm trying to use um, fruit, but eating it. Mm-hmm. And lately, right. for some reason, I'm craving blood oranges. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be they're in season or they aren't able to get them. Let's put it that way. In my location here in Toronto, they're ready available at uh, my local, you know, market mm-hmm. where I like to get my fruits. And I love them. And mm-hmm. I do love fruit and I love berries. Right now, it's blood oranges. So I don't know if that's something that my body needs. I don't know why I'm craving it. Well, just go with it. It's like, oh, okay, my body might want the extra vitamin C right now. And you were asking about what trees to plant. I mean, berries are really um, probably the best. And blueberries are the ones that are um, don't uh, go moldy as, as much as raspberries, for example. And the blueberries, you can get stalks of uh, blueberry um, blueberries, I think. Or are they a ground? Uh, do they just grow in the ground? Well, they grow in the ground because I currently have strawberry, blueberry, raspberry, and grapes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. So I have those out there. And, you know, my, well, of course, the season, my cucumbers and uh, tomatoes, which I love. I, I would eat the baby tomatoes like cherries. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I just love, love, love them. You know, but there's something else that I was so disappointed. I heard, oh, women's health. Eating too much Mm. tomatoes can cause arthritis. And I thought, no, don't tell me that. I love them. (laughs) Is that something, you know? You know, well, they do talk about the the small joint arthritis from the deadly nightshades, uh, potatoes, tomatoes, eggplant, uh, paprika, and green peppers. But I mean, that's when you really overdose on it, and um, you know maybe there's a bit of genetic predisposition. But if if things are seeds, I remember once you know growing my tomatoes and really ODing on them, and then feeling my my fingers felt a little tight, so I just cut back. It, it's um, every, everything in excess can cause a problem. I had a um, patient in Toronto once, a young boy who was getting a lot of headaches, and it turned out it, they started when his mother was juicing carrots for him. And it turned out he just he couldn't take carrots. So, you know, we can't say carrots are bad. It's just for him, it, it was an overload. So it wasn't successful for him. And again, it's an individual right. thing, isn't it? You know, uh-huh. it's funny that you said that about uh, go with it. I have to share a story that uh, when I tell people, they laugh all the time, but... I went on a raisin craze. And when I say craze, I would go through a tin. So I'll say the grocery store, you know, if anyone can relate to so it was a tin of raisins. I would buy them at Whole Foods because they were organic. And I would eat almost a tin a day. Then when I was done the tin, and I'm a diabetic, so I had to watch the sugar. I was giving up other foods in order not to have to take too much extra insulin eating all these raisins. So, you know, I was drinking coffee. That was back in the day. I was drinking coffee. It was a few, couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And I would go to where, you know, one of the coffee shops that I go to, and they would have Raisin Bran muffins. And already, even in my garbage pickup, the guy's looking at these raisin tins in my blue box thinking, what is with this family? I, I mean, I almost felt embarrassed. My children were like, why are you eating all these raisins? What's wrong with you? And my teeth would start to hurt. Like, that's how many raisins I ate. So I'd go to the coffee oh, shop. Oh, I saw the muffin. And like I was, you know, uh, sneaking drugs or something, I'd buy the muffin, I'd break it open, I'd eat all the raisins out of the muffin and throw the muffin out. 
I wouldn't even touch. I wasn't interested in the muffin. I wanted the raisins. Then I started buying raisin bread so the kids wouldn't see all these tins. And I would buy the raisin bread and I would break, just break open the pieces, eat all the raisins out, throw the bread out, get rid of the packaging before anyone knew what I was doing. And I thought, okay, there's something wrong with me. So I went to the doctor and I, you know, broke down and said, listen, I have a problem with raisins. I can't get enough raisins. And it was, they called me in the middle of the night. So he said, you were uh, anemic. You were thank you. For iron. Thank right? you. I didn't know this at the time. And that's what he said. We're going to do a te- an iron test. So I, you know, he took some blood and he said, well, I could give you some iron pills, which I didn't want because they have some nasty side effects. They, you know, they cause, cause ter- constipation terribly, mm-hmm. terribly. I've been pregnant. So I, I am aware of this. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. um, so I said, I'm going to eat the raisins. Can you give me a couple of weeks? I've been eating them like crazy. How long do you think it will take to show up? So I went back in a month, and at that point, for about a week before my appointment, so three weeks later, the raisin craving kind of, you know, it started to subside. <laughs> and uh, and turned out that my iron level was back up. And mm-hmm. he said, okay, I don't know what crazy business you're on, Anita, but it, it worked, whatever mm-hmm. you did. And so now I'm very mindful that if mm-hmm. I start, you know, the, I'm telling you the craving came and went. So now if I start to want more raisins, there you go. My iron's low. But it's so amazing what the body will tell you. I know. And I I cannot tell you how many women have said this this type of thing to me. I started craving such and such. Or, you know, on my radio show, I have a Monday radio show, um, two-hour call-in talk show. And people will get on and I'll say, well you know, this and that and this and that, and these foods are helpful for this and that. Oh, my gosh, I've been craving those. Oh, I never realized. So if you really listen to to your intuition and, and pay attention to your cravings and look into it, all you had to do was look up raisins. What what um, What's good about raisins? And the first thing that comes up is they're high in iron. They're the highest amount of iron in, in any fruit. So, and yet yeah, the body yeah. sought it out, which just amazes yeah. me. I mean, we are so powerful yeah. and we don't give ourselves credit for it. And yeah. ag- again, now there's something to do with iron. So raisins are important. We talked about the thyroid and how, you know, we can take these wonderful minerals to help support our thyroid, not wait till it starts to weaken and, and not work properly in our bodies. So right. what about... Um, another issue and I'm mentioning this because you do have a book about hormone balance you have a book about yeast yeah so when you talk about yeast we're going to hit this one first what are some areas that women should really be mindful of when it comes to yeast and and what is the whole buzz around the yeast right well yeast um, or candida uh, most women and, and most doctors might just think of it as a yeast infection, a, a vaginal yeast infection. But um, one of my books is Yeast Infection and, and Women's Health, and uh, I'm updating a book on yeast because there's so much that's, that's come forth about it. Because what's happened in, in our society is that when we take antibiotics, we kill off the good and bad bacteria in our intestines. In the lower intestines uh, are yeast, and yeast play a role in our body. They're a necessary part of our body. But if you kill off 
the good and bad bacteria, you leave room for yeast to kind of take over. And especially if you're eating sugars and carbs, you're, you're going to be feeding the yeast, and the yeast can grow up into your small intestine and start irritating your small intestine, affecting your digestion. And yeast in its life cycle produces 178 different toxins. And those toxins can be absorbed into the bloodstream. And you can have um, symptoms from head to foot, actually, with, the, with the, these yeast toxins. So I'm not talking about an infection in if, of your blood with yeast, but just these yeast toxins building up. And the symptoms can be uh, feeling fatigue or drained or depression or numbness, burning or tingling or headache or muscle aches and muscle weakness, abdominal pain. Well, you know, it's almost like the list I gave with magnesium deficiency. But um, what's happening is there's so many toxins and they can they can affect the hormones and they can irritate the the brain, uh, you know, the neurotransmitters in the brain, they can block the thyroid and cause symptoms in the thyroid or just cause inflammation throughout the body. And um, actually what your people can do is go to a a nonprofit website. It's called yeastconnection.com. And um, it's by the people that, uh, you know, put out my book, The Yeast Connection and Women's Health. I wrote it with a Dr. William Crook, and he's now passed. But um, on the yeastconnection.com website, you can find a uh, yeast questionnaire or candida questionnaire that goes through all these symptoms. And, and you can cre- uh, create a score for yourself to, sh- to see whether or not you, um, your symptoms may be related to yeast. But... See, when I read those symptoms, they're so much like magnesium. That's why I say, look, take magnesium first. Look at the yeast connection. See whether or not you know you have a high score. Because if you've taken antibiotics, the birth control pill, or taking hormones can also, um, you know, the female hormones, estrogen, can cause yeast to overgrow. And if you've got these symptoms and have that history then you could be um, having uh, yeast overgrowth problems locally in your intestines, gas and bloating, constipation or diarrhea. And then you could have body-wide symptoms as the toxins are being absorbed. And the treatment is to go on a yeast-free diet. And most diabetics are supposed to be on a a sugar-free diet anyway. So it is basically a sugar-free diet like a paleo diet with protein and vegetables. And um, actually, we're avoiding sugar, uh, wheat, and dairy. I say sugar, gluten, and dairy. And dairy is avoided um, except for the non-lactose dairy because you're trying to avoid the sugar um, lactose, the milk sugar in dairy because it's Milk sugar will feed yeast, fruit sugar will feed yeast, and table sugar will feed yeast. And also, wheat, um, it will break down. It's, um, it's a carbohydrate chain, but it's just a bunch of glucose molecules. 
So if we don't break down, just become a sugar. Well, it all breaks and, down to sugars, and yeah, wheat right. wheat is not. A, I'm I'm not on wheat or dairy at the moment. I'm off wheat and dairy, and yes. as as much as humanly possible. So if I'm going to have cheese, it's goat cheese or something. I, I don't even eat now that I'm off uh, dairy so much. I'm really trying to move away from that kind of thing. And I, I have a vegan pizza, and I, I just do different things now. I eat meat, but I have a vegan pizza, and I put other protein-based, uh, either plant-based, right? And I find, yeah. you know, it's a gluten-free crust, and I've gotten more creative with the crusts and what I can do with them. But it's not uh, great when you have inflammation in the body to have wheat or dairy. So on many different, for many different reasons, wheat and dairy are not our friends. That's what I, mm-hmm. I I've got this in my head. Wheat and dairy are not our friends. And it and makes a you, difference. It really and you does. know, Anita, it's mostly because it's so overly processed in this in America and in North America. When I've traveled to Europe and had the pizza, well, pizza is a perfect example because it's got the wheat crust and the cheese. I I don't have any reactions because it's it's not the um, the hybridized wheat that we make over here that that it's just it's just loaded with gluten and gluten uh, I've been looking at gluten and um, what really is happening there and and gluten actually will create um, something called glutamate which is akin to MSG and oh, when not good the, stuff right and when that gets to the brain it can um, it can affect the brain neurotransmitters if there's not enough magnesium to protect the brain neurons. So it, it all, it's just this vicious circle of, of um, you know, the brain. The uh, brain is protected by magnesium, but then we're eating all these foods that uh, the body will break down and then it can affect our nervous system. I know it's sounding like I'm making it very complex, but um, I think the current diets that people are following, which are avoiding the gluten, the high glutens, and avoiding the processed dairies, you know, we're doing well by doing that. And and you can get um, raw milk cheeses, the non-lactose cheeses, or I'll have a list here: brick cheese, cheddar, Colby dry curd cottage cheese, Gruyere, Harvati. Gruyere, I love. Gruyere, oh. yeah, provolone, and Swiss. So there's a lot of non-lactose cheeses. And um, what I tell people to do is is look at the fermented yogurts and, and kefirs because the fermentation takes the lactose out of those foods and makes them safer for you if you're... Um, if you have yeast overgrowth, and and you know we we have to say um, we have to make sure we mention that in diabetes where the blood sugar can be elevated and erratic, that's a perfect opportunity for yeast to grow. Especially in the case of a diabetic, I shouldn't say especially, but it's something that greatly affects us. Oh yes, yes, and and it's very frustrating because uh, you know itching and irritation. Uh, it can be the sinuses are itching. You can have itchy eyes and itchy ears and not know what it is. And it can be yeast and yeast toxins that are creating that. So 
I really think that people who have blood sugar uh, abnormalities really have to look at the yeast connection. Well, besides saying all that, so we've talked about some yeast, and we've talked about wheat, and we've talked about dairy, and we've talked about some minerals to add in for our thyroid. It's amazing to me, and I've shared my story of my caffeine issue and my raisin story. Mm -hmm. You can be walking around out there looking fantastic, great shape, Mm-hmm. Um, and looking great and be not in great health because you're lacking so many things. But because we look good, because we're working out mm-hmm. or we're slim or we have some, you know, uh, toning mm-hmm. things happening, we don't realize that maybe we're still not getting what we need out of our food. You know, there's this myth, I can eat whatever mm-hmm. I want because I work out and I'm slim. I can eat whatever uh, I want. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. How? what does that mean? So that you're pant size doesn't go up uh, yeah, it's exactly. not you're not talking right. about our our inner parts you know our inner bits as we want to say mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. have to be as in shape or they they've got to be it's an absolute necessary thing that they're like our outer body and recently i've met quite a few people great shape um that are just suffering in health and mm-hmm. one of them has just been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes um, cycles um, like a, a crazy person, great shape, and now they're not able to keep their blood sugars in check. And they're active, active, active. And listening to some of what you've said here, especially with the magnesium, is starting to make some sense that maybe they're, you know, they're bouncing all over the place because they're lacking things to help keep them balanced. And they're not eating a lot of sugars, and they're ex- exercising like crazy, and they're still right. having issues. Still. Well, actually, that's exactly kind of the the mentality that I approach in my two-year online wellness program, Anita, where I say to people, there's, um, I think I have seven pillars to health. Um, there's diet, there's supplements, there's exercise, there's, there's all these um, various ways of... Uh, approaching your health and just like you said I think some people just think it's all about exercise or it's all about being strict on their diet but what I tell people if you can look at these um, at your body in seven different ways and I even say there's a it's a two-year program I have a hundred four modules and actually your audience can go to my website drcarolindeen.com Sign up for my free newsletter and get uh, four free weeks of um, of this program to see if it suits you. Because um, step by step, you know, I go through what you can do in terms of it, there's personal hygiene, there's there's kind of mind, body, spirit um, advice. There's as I said, the diet and supplements and uh, and exercise to choose from. And I say. If you can do 20% of what I say in each module, just one little step, then you'll start feeling better. You do not have to do 100% of one thing and expect it to work. You've got to do a little bit of, of many things so that it, it just becomes part of your part of your day. You know, I talk about in your bedroom if you want to sleep better at night, Make sure to unplug your electrical things. You know, try not to have have your TV and your computer and all your electrical hookup in your 
in your bedroom because all that Wi-Fi stuff is zinging around your your poor sleeping brain. Well, it's a good tip. Um, having said that, what about hormone balances? What are some, you know, because uh, that, that's a big, huge, gigantic talk, topic, and I know it is, I know it is, but in general, because we hear about hormones, and even, you know, you hear remarks, women and their hormones, oh, 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 is that why you're upset, or oh, it must be this, or our home hormones apparently are the reasons for any of us getting upset, not our surroundings or, you know, anything like that, it's always our hormones. So what are some things, and I am, I am joking when I say that, but it is true, that's the go-to phrase. What are some things that we can help in general, some very simple steps to keep our hormones in balance or identify an issue with our hormones? Well, let us make it as simple as possible. I, I just recently did a webinar, and I, I have my slideshow in front of me, and and under magnesium deficient conditions, under OBGYN, I have PMS as a magnesium deficiency condition, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, painful periods, infertility, impotence, pregnancy problems, premature contractions in pregnancy, preeclampsia, eclampsia, perimenopause, menopause, and in in the childbirth, cerebral palsy, and sudden infant death syndrome, all related to magnesium deficiency. So if you want to start balancing your hormones, you start with magnesium. And that wow. is the basic, most important thing to do. And then, um, like I, I say... I have my- to ask you one thing, one little question about that. Now, recently I just saw um, a nutritionist. I've seen a couple. And you are the guru the go-to when it comes to minerals. They, mm-hmm. they said that. You've talked to uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Carolyn Dean. Listen to what she says. She is the best. And, and I, wow. I was, I thought, wow, yay, great. I interviewed her. So I was so impressed. Uh-huh. Now, so that's, that's here, and they're in schools, and when they graduated, you were the go-to person. They've read your books. What mm-hmm. is the backup to, the, to this? So in other words, these lists of things that say that it, you're um, lacking in magnesium, does this data that you've gathered, is it coming from other um, databases? Where, where is this coming from to support that? You mean that all these symptoms I'm talking right. about? yes. Oh, it's coming from thousands of research papers. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a think tank on the mainland with the 12 of the most the most famous magnesium researchers and experts in the world and you know I was very proud to be invited and um, one couple there Burton and Bella Altura a PhD um, research scientist between them they've written a thousand papers on magnesium the research is all out there but as they said to me because I had I asked them to forward my magnesium miracle book they said, we do all this research and it never gets to the public. Isn't the doctors don't bother reading it because they never learned about magnesium in, in school. And in, in medical school, we were told. I mean, I remember them saying, look, if you don't learn it in, in medical school, it doesn't exist. It's quackery or it's not important. So everything I know about nutrition, I learned outside medical school. So that's why I know that doctors don't know anything and don't think it's important 
that's what's scary is they don't think nutrition is important. Well, I can say that one of my doctors, if I talked about nutrition, he wouldn't have a clue. He's actually said, look, when it comes to that, you know, even the raisins. Yeah, I know they Mm -hmm. have some iron. Do what you do. Go see someone about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, go see someone else. Don't talk to me about it. So So the research is there. It really is. And if, you know, if you're trying to make a case with your doctor about taking magnesium, especially if you're trying to wean off drugs, because, you know, what's happening these days Uh, As soon as you're diagnosed with diabetes, they will start saying, look, you have to take a statin because you're going to get cholesterol. You have to take uh, this and that. You end up on half a dozen drugs, and then then they say, well, you can never get off your drugs because we know that people in, in your circumstances never get better. And they don't stop to realize and would be, you know, totally, I mean, they would be mortified to know that they're actually causing your symptoms because they keep causing magnesium deficiency with all these drugs. And I'm sure in this, in the December talk, I, I talked at length, but I'll say in one sentence that you go in for high blood pressure and get put on a high blood pressure diuretic. A month later, your magnesium deficiency is worse. They put you on two more drugs. And then in three months after that, those three drugs have drained your magnesium so much that you have diabetes and you have high cholesterol. So in the doctor's experience, people never get better because they're always on these drugs. And so they won't even help wean you off unless you beg them. And if you go with my book, The Magnesium Miracle, with hundreds of scientific references, you know, they might listen, especially if they're suffering heart palpitations or some obvious magnesium deficiency themselves and they start taking magnesium. I have many doctors now who email me and say they took it for themselves and they started uh, telling their patients about my remag and they just can't believe how how many compliments they're getting now for helping people. I've written blogs about the suicide rate in doctors is escalating. They have no job satisfaction because people don't get better. Isn't that sad? So really sad to hear. But if you start to take this magnesium, so now you're, you know, uh, you're doing the water, which I'm doing now, I'm happy to say. But now if I, and I'm I'm soaking in Epsom salts, which by the way is very helpful. And I've gotten some Himalayan natural salts that I'm soaking into. And it is wonderful. It's beautiful. Besides feeling good in that way, what can the magnesium add in, in time-wise? Like, is this something that you might feel a difference in two weeks? Is, does it greatly vary from person to person? Is there some sort of timeline? I think I can, uh, can um, give you some numbers because um, what happens um, with magnesium deficiency, it can cause insomnia. Some people will say after a couple of doses, they're sleeping better. Um, so right away you're starting to feel better because you're getting your rest. And then, um, you know, within the week people are saying they're less tense and they're more calm. If you add the relight, then as I mentioned, six to eight weeks, then your thyroid is really improving. And um, on my radio show, actually people can go to, to my radio show archives and um, look up diabetes. I have testimonials of people who say they're cutting back on their insulin uh, their requirements from going on the Remag and Relight. And 
they may also go on. I have I only have five products, but I have one for detoxification that has, gently helps to detox the body. I have another one called RNA drops that helps make perfect cells so that uh, we have people. I, I can't make any scientific claims for, for this one like I can with the minerals, but we have testimonials of people who are saying that uh, they're experiencing incredible things with the RNA drops that are helping um, their DNA make cells that that uh, mimic the perfect blueprint of how we what, what we were born with. You know, we've gotten so distracted with our stress and our you know bad diet and bad water and bad air that um, you know we think it's hopeless. But um, what I'm saying is the body is adaptable if it has the right building blocks and. With my formulas, I think I'm giving the body the right building blocks so that we can overcome anything. I have people telling me that their dental cavities are healing and they're... Uh, now, that's amazing. Their... Wow, you're joking. So, you, you know what I'm going to do? If, this, if, if you're up for this, what mm. I would like to do is I'm going to get some... Um, what would I do to help me with my insulin? I'm going to test this out and have you back on. Oh, great. Because I, well, I um, test a lot. I keep my records. And um, I'm always looking for something that will help me with mm-hmm. my, you know, insulin intake. And I don't take a lot, but I can always, we can always lower it. Especially, you know, I take two different sorts of insulins, um, mm-hmm. very traditional based. And um, I'm always wanting to lower them. They are a hormone. And as mm-hmm. women, I'm not sure about men. I'm not going to say this at the moment. We're talking about women's health. But we are taking a hormone. Insulin is a hormone and really works best when injecting it into the abdominal area. Even in the pump, they suggest the abdominal area. So I am always mindful when I work out. I, and, and again, I, I do a lot of exercise to keep that abdominal area fit as much as I can. I'm not, I know I'm, I'm always striving for better and better, keeping it slim because we are taking hormone there. And our hormones then again affect our insulin. So anything to kind of get this in balance, it's more um, in your face as a woman, as a diabetic, than it is a man. And that I do know because of our different hormones and, um, again, our body types and all the rest of that great stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to take on this and take some magnesium and have you back on and let you know how I do. Beautiful. What would well, be a great um, time factor? Because I'll, I'll order it. I'll take it. So at, when I get it, we'll, we'll margin it on. When I receive it, what would you suggest I take? Let's put it that way. What, what do you suggest I take? I'm excited well, now. Oh, very good. In the Remag book, and um, you can get it on my RNA uh, Reset website, or I'll just um, email it to you at, at the end of our, our talk here. But in the Remag book, I have a section that's called um, Completement formulas protocol and that tells you exactly step by step and drop by drop exactly how to approach all the the um, recommendations and um, that's what I would recommend and give it three months and we'll get back together and see how you're doing okay so let's do that if you email me uh, what you recommend I will take Mm -hmm. it and we'll come back in three months and I will give you um, you know, my results. 
<laughs> that would be uh, wonderful. I'm not going to change anything because I'm already off caffeine. I already eat very well. Mm-hmm. Um, my source, my food source, and uh, I'm drinking water more than ever. I'm already adding the salt, so that's all great. Now mm-hmm. I would like to try this and just take it a step further and see what it does because you know if you can take a low amount of insulin until we have our cure which you know for what i'm i'm talking to different doctors it's going to happen for us but nevertheless <laughs> nevertheless mm-hmm. i say this all the time if tomorrow somebody put their wand over my head and said anita you are no longer a diabetic that would not mean that these other things aren't important my diet wouldn't uh, change my exercise right. wouldn't change i wouldn't be drinking 20 cups of coffee again I would, you know, mm-hmm. none of that would change. Obviously, these minerals are just as important, diabetic or not. And that's something mm-hmm. that I think people lose in the confusion of their condition. And I am saying the condition, we always call diabetes condition. Now it's called a chronic disease. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. But really, it's about your health. We have to be more mindful. We have to uh, watch ourselves in, in a more diligent way. Absolutely. But does that mean if you weren't a diabetic, you shouldn't be doing these things? Absolutely not. Right. Yes, I I think of the story about uh, the first heart transplant patient uh, when the news was following him and and they found him in a fast food restaurant, you know, all excited because he can now eat his hamburgers in Spain. And, you know, this is the problem with with folks when they, they don't understand that the their own lifestyle causes the problem and and they'll just create the same problem all over again with their their new arteries in their heart or their new heart and I hear that about people who who talk about this um, uh, cell uh, rejuvenation therapy what's it called you know uh, stem cell therapy yes thank you stem cell therapy I've talked to doctors and they say yeah, if people don't change their lifestyle, they get their stem cells, they feel great for a little while, and then it's all back again because they don't change their lifestyle. Well, I think it's that, well, we have something, pop a pill, take an injection, oh, they can fix me this way. But Uh that is not to maintain the unhealthy lifestyle. That is to give Mm. you back what you have damaged. So we really need to start embracing overall health. And, And this with women's health, I think, is fantastic. And you've got your book. Now... What are three things that you would think? Now, we're going to leave the the salt in the water. So that Mm -hmm. was uh, take your body weight, half your body weight, and drink Mm -hmm. that in water and add anywhere from an eighth to a half a teaspoon of salt. And that's Himalayan salt or sea salt of sorts, good quality salt. So that's we're not going to count that in. What are three other things besides that that a woman can do just to kind of boost up her health, keep an eye on things, just for her optimum health, just three simple things, because I think we have to start somewhere, and when we see that it can be simple, we can add layers if needed. Well, you know, the water is first. Water and salt are first. Second, it's add some sort of magnesium. Of course, I'd say the Remag is the, is the best and the most therapeutic, and it's the simplest thing to do. You just throw this liquid magnesium into your smoothie or just take it in a glass of water or... In some some people, they put it in a liter of their salt water and sip it through the day. Another thing, I think women really have to learn how to take time for themselves. Uh, I really think it's important to 
to try to schedule in a couple of hours where they go off by themselves or with their girlfriends and, you know, go for a walk or go to the spa or just get some other input rather than constantly taking care of everybody else. And because we haven't even mentioned, I mean, a lot of our age group, they're taking, you're taking care of the elderly parents as well. There's so much strain. So we have to, uh, you know, look for other sources of people to fill in when, you know, we really need that break. And um, I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked about so many possibilities. If, if um, you know, women could... In, in their kitchen, maybe take time, listen to some music while they're cooking or whatever. Try not to make uh, cooking a chore, but maybe multitask with something else, dancing around the kitchen to music or, you know, hearing a good lecture that you can find on the, on the Internet it would be fun. And, and you know, not podcast. taking Podcast and like listen you, to our podcast. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, you know having some important. fun, laughing. I, you know, I've gone through periods where I've I've gotten a whole bunch of uh, lined up uh, comedies or TV series that's funny. There's there's so much serious and negative stuff out there now. So do all you can to laugh and and uh, be happy. And I know there's stress and there's a lot of miserable things going on in the world, but I always say, you know, the, the sky may be falling, but it doesn't have to fall on me. So I try to keep that attitude in front of me all the time. Well, being positive, and it's, I love what you said about oh. cooking. That's something mm. I, I love to cook, mm. and I like to have the music going or something going in the background, and I'm in a zone. And I do like to have company if they're going to help or we, we have a good conversation or they want to help me chop because I always need help chopping. I love mm-hmm. help with the, with the prep. It's, you know, it's about creating something and it's not just cooking to put it in our mouths, but you've created something that you, that your body, you're going to allow your, it to go into your body. And remember that, like, what are we putting in our body? Our body is a temple. Let's put something good Mm -hmm. and worthy, worthy to go into our body because a lot of things out there are not worthy of passing over those lips. Mm-hmm. And we should be so selective about that rather than just, okay, it's food in done. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it, there's so much more to it. And the dancing's always great. I don't know. My favorite thing to do is to have dinner and go dancing. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's one of my favorite things. I love comedy. So all these things, and I think meditation is a good thing to add to it. And that's something I've really tried to embrace and the last couple of years is trying to meditate. And it's not an easy thing. Well, I find that too, like if you're talking about sitting meditation, but I find I do it when I walk, you know, praying and meditating, singing to the angels, getting them, you know, on our side to help us with things. We're, you know, we are protected and we, there, there are, um, I believe there are angels out there that are there to help and protect us, and we shouldn't feel alone. I think a lot of people do feel alone. And um, well, you're in a great it, spot for it, Hawaii. We're oh, hearing. Gosh. I'm hearing the winds. You know, obviously from the sea, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and yes. you've got probably beautiful weather. I'm so jealous, Hawaii. You're oh. you're in a place where I'm sure there's lots of angels <laughs> mm. hanging around the beach. <laughs> They're, yeah. they're flying around the sun and the sunset. It must be just magnificent. Which, again, your environment, right? 
being happy with your environment is also, I think, very important, taking, as you said, some downtime each and every day. Exactly. Yes, I have plants in the house and plants all around outside. That, you know, everything's windows here. I feel like I'm in a treehouse. <laughs> Isn't the that marvelous? The trees are blowing. The, yeah, the trade winds are really blowing today. And uh, it, I mean, right now it's probably like, 78, 80 degrees. Anyway, I won't make people much more jealous. Than yeah, I'm at about <laughs> uh, I'm about a wind factor of minus 32 Celsius here in good old okay. Toronto. Oh, <laughs> we're in a we're we have a warning out. Uh, we have a warning, a freezing warning. Don't expose your skin. Keep covered. Um, it's it's pretty frigid here. So I am I'm going to share. I am going away uh, in a few days, and I'm going to Iceland. Oh, wow. So um, I, I didn't opt for Hawaii. I will do that next trip. Uh, <laughs> somewhere warm. Uh, Hawaii sounds great to me. But mm-hmm. at this time, I'm going to see the Northern Lights, and I'm going in the Blue Lagoon, which is mineral. Here we go, the big mineral and oh, rich yeah. water, natural sources, and it's at quite a warm temperature. I believe it's 95 to 97. And oh I'm going, God. I need it. Look at all this caffeine I've consumed. I need to yeah. get some minerals. <laughs> so I'm going to bask be, in that. You'll sweat out your caffeine in the Blue Lagoon. That's I, fabulous. I hope I'm so. Look, I'm looking at pictures of it now. It's, it looks amazing, all the steam rising off it. That's it's fabulous. absolutely, and the color is just magnificent, and the northern mm-hmm. lights will be magnificent. So I'm going to see all that, and I'm going to film it. Just to let anyone listening, I'm filming it. I'm going to share bits and pieces on the show and my experience, mm-hmm. especially um, with the uh, Blue Lagoon and this mineral and rich water. I think this will just, it's, they all say it's got very therapeutic, um, you know, properties to this, obviously with all these minerals. And I'm sure mm-hmm. I'll have tons of information that I'll, I'll learn, and it will, I'll share it with, the, with my audience. Oh, that's fabulous. So between this and uh, your help, I should be getting myself back on uh, track with all this caffeine craze. And here, you know, I eat so well, I exercise, I do all these things. But one thing like that, for lack of choice, and it was just such an easy, sugar-free go-to drink for me, look at the problems it can create. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm feeling them now. Um, I didn't suffer with insomnia. Caffeine did not make me hungry. I did not get headaches when I came off it. I didn't have any of that. But that doesn't mean that it didn't have an effect on my body. I know that I was uh, very dehydrated. I felt that all the time. And so, um, you know, anything to get me back on track, I'm embracing it. And then in three months, we'll see how I'm doing. I'll make the marker when I get uh, the products and we'll we'll reschedule mm-hmm. for three months after the fact. And I'm very excited about that. Oh, that's wonderful, Anita. Yeah, a great experiment. You know, and even for um, for women to do this for, for their hormones, just in general health. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, men aren't too far off this regimen. But nevertheless, again, we're talking about women and, you know, keeping mm-hmm. ourselves healthy and, and meeting our needs as women. Um, I'm excited to try this, and not only as a woman, but as a diabetic. Very good. Excellent, excellent discussion with you, Anita. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. And so, again, three important things that we can start as women to optimize our health is the intake of water, 
adding, you know, half of our body weight in ounces, adding anywhere from an eighth to a quarter of a teaspoon of salt. The second thing was, was it the magnesium? Am I correct in that? Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we want to be mindful that we're getting enough magnesium. You can refer to Carolyn's site. Um, you can read some of her information, which would be so wonderful and helpful. And the third thing was really to take some time for ourselves mm-hmm. and relax and remember that we need to be taken care of too, whether you're taking a walk, spending some time with some girlfriends, laughing, not making things so stressful, and really just taking some time every day to enjoy the day. Perfect. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Carolyn. I always love speaking with you, and we will talk again soon. If you could please send me that email, that would be wonderful, and I'm going to order it and get started. I'm excited. (laughs) Aloha, Anita. Aloha. Some very simple steps we can take to manage our health as women and as women living with diabetes. And again, remember to consult a doctor when making these changes and adding supplements to your diet. Thank you for joining me today. And if you have any questions or stories that you would like to share, please email me at anita at anitacoach.ca and follow me on Twitter at Anita Westlake.